0: If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and needing a helping hand or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your Cut Flower Woman. Welcome. To the Cut Flower Podcast. So, thank you very much, Mike, for joining us um, today. That's brilliant. I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and I'm intrigued by your bio and what you do and some of your videos, the Chelsea Chop in particular, which um, we're all doing. We're a bit late this year, but we're all doing it. So, do tell us about your journey and how you came to where you are today.
1: Oh gosh! Where shall I start Well, Firstly, thank you for having me on, Roz. It's a pleasure to be on the other side of the microphone this time. a bit scared actually, not being in control. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I'll give you a potted history as a as a young child about six or seven, I was into I was good at art I was an artist I was able to draw, and I was also able to garden. I had a bit of a knack for gardening. My parents were keen gardeners, they grew roses. So that was my early start into gardening at the age of six and seven. Um, As I grew up, I went to art college, so I explored the art route. Then I decided that art wasn't for me as a job, I preferred it as a hobby. I loved doing artwork, but I didn't want to make a career out of it. So I became a training manager, which is a sort of quite random, but it was just one of those jobs that I, I started as a clerk in the company, worked my way up, became a training manager and would deliver training to sort of like managers, the whole company. Um, So that's, I guess, really stood me in good stead for doing what I do now, sort of like it's almost like a performance really. Um, From there, I decided having got a new garden, my love of gardening came back in again. So I enrolled myself at Horticultural College at Kingston Moorwood in Dorchester, which is not far from where I live. And I loved it. I started learning again. I guess I was considered a mature student and I knew I was a mature student because suddenly you think I've got to remember what I'm being told and not having been in that learning environment for so many years. um, But I loved it. So it was easy. Got qualified, uh, RHS one, two and three. And then decided I need to do something. Yeah, I, I just had a passion for it. Set up my own business as a gardener and garden designer. And that's what I did. Then we came to the lockdown. Yeah. And obviously sort of work stopped, sort of. And so I took to Instagram. I'd seen two guys from the Great British Bake Off on Instagram do this live. It was It was car crash TV, really, or car crash social media. But it was compulsive viewing. And I remember thinking, I could do that. And I did. First week in lockdown, I went live. And pretty much ever since that, three years ago, I've gone live wow. on Instagram most Sundays. Um, and of course, I did the celebrity interviews. Um, and that's really how I
0: ended up where I am now. Potted wow. history. So are you still gardening and garden designing as a job?
1: No, I, The I had three jobs on the go as we went into lockdown, three design jobs. And, of course, suddenly everything ground to a halt. We couldn't get the product that we were needing. Um, yeah. I did finish those gardens eventually. Um, but the the social media and the writing side of things, I also wrote as well. I had a couple of articles published. I decided it was time. My bones were telling me it was time yeah. to yeah. go down a different avenue. Um, it's a very, very, very physical job, as, as you know. Um Yeah, I needed to find a new outlet to sort of future proof myself because I knew I wouldn't be able to garden forever. Um, Not at that rate, not sort of like professionally, sort of like nine, 10
0: hours a day. No, I mean, that happens with all our online courses. We work with a number of horticulturalists who are trained. We must talk. And they come in and run some of our memberships and answer questions in memberships and groups and so on. But they're exactly at that point in their lives where they've done RHS 123, they've worked really hard, they're probably in their mid-50s now, early 50s, mid-50s, and their bones ache. And they know that physically mm. they can't do that five days a week, seven hours a day. There's no way, you know, you're hauling, you know, compost and wheelbarrows and hoses and digging for England and weed. I mean, physically, it's just not viable so mm. i i really i mean running a flower farm i really get it if i've done a fl- a day on the flower farm by the next day i can't move so it's it's just physically hard
1: yeah and it's i full respect for all gardeners who do this professionally because it is in all weathers you're out there it's physical work um keeps you fit you sleep well at night
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely keeps you fit well, i, I mean yeah. I've been up this morning, and thought, I got up this morning, it started to rain, and I did a rain dance and thought, thank goodness for that. I am the one person who just thinks, thank goodness, I haven't got to reel all the hoses out, I haven't got to get the water and irrigation on, and I have got to worry about the dahlias and are they watering now. And then I got back indoors for a nice cup of tea and thought, oh, yeah, Ros, but you've still got the tunnels to do. Because whether you like it or not, they're not raining in there. So, But it's a smaller job, so it's kind of like you are dictated yeah. by the weather. But I have a team now. Uh, There's no way I could run it on my own, no way. I have three three middle-aged women who love it, and it's great.
1: I'm jealous already. A team. Oh, what joy to have a a team of people to help you. (laughs) I'm going right off you, Rod.
0: I couldn't do it. Oh, and all sorts of people, like people come and help and pick and plant and weed and students. I've got two young students that I've just started off on a Saturday job, and they come in Saturday morning and do four hours each. They're fairly young, but they are so conscientious you 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 have to be, you have to, this will make you laugh, you have to be really careful what you tell them to do. And you have to be really, really specific. And I'm just not, I'm kind of like, oh, just put it in there. It'll all be fine. So I kind of did this oh, last week and said, that beetroot, if you could put it in a pot, there were about nine plants, put it in a pot on the patio, then I can just, it's easy. I haven't got to think I've got to go out and get it. It'll just be there, right? This was what I thought mm. was fairly easy. Nine beetroot pot, plants in a pot, right? So when I turned around (laughs) and went back to it, these nine beetroot plots were put in one area in the pot all together. They weren't separated around the plot; they were in one specific area. And I think, well, that's my fault. I said put them in the pot. I didn't say put them three inches apart. I didn't. I just said put them in the pot. So (laughs) I guess that's the thing. If you're giving instructions,
1: it's got to be very clear, hasn't it? What you want people to do. (laughs)
0: And so I now have all these. We live and learn. We (laughs) live and learn. So what does a day look like for you now? What does an average, do you have such a thing as an average day?
1: I don't. And I guess having worked in an office for so many years where everything was so structured, you did a certain thing at a certain time. My days now are so, so varied. Um, Last week, well, the week before last, for example, I spent the week helping on a Chelsea Flower Show garden. Well, that's completely random. And how many people get the chance to do that? today once we' finished here, I'm recording a couple of podcast episodes. Um, I've got some research to do for a future podcast. Um, I do reels on Instagram. Yeah. I do my own garden which is very, very high maintenance. Be careful what you wish for everybody because I've got what I wished for and its me too. So yeah, all, all manner of things Roz. my sort of time and how I structure my time is very fluid. it has to be. Um, and I love that I love that sort of the spontaneity of yes I plan as much as I can but a lot of it is d- dependent on people coming to me to say can we chat on my podcast um, I can do these dates these times and I fit everything like my garden around that so yeah. chaotic and fluid but I wouldn't
0: have it <laughs> any other way and I'm, I'm sure you're <laughs> probably much the same Roz. I have I have so many to-do lists and then I came across a new app called Motion, an AI app called Motion. And then this morning I was reading about the 10 best apps you could use AI with. And I thought, oh, oh shoot, this would take you down a whole different world. Just, you know, come <laughs> back, come back into your real world. But it's kind of like if I use Motion, it's going to tell me what to do next. So because my to-do oh. list in order, like if you put them all in there and go, this is the priority. So for instance, I mean, my to-do list is completely ridiculous. But I have to order my 40,000 tulips now for coming in the autumn. So needs yeah. to be quite priorities priority, so that has to go at the top of the list. And then you know, I'm doing a webinar tonight on cutting and conditioning flowers, so I need to write the thing, which I haven't done yet. And we have how many hours? Not many to go. So, And then I need to go and put the water in the tunnels, and that's quite important too. And then I need to make some reels because my daughter's here, and she, she's really good. She's like a teenager. but well, she's not. She's in her early 20s and very good yeah. at it. So she films them, so that's really useful. So then, and you kind of think, oh, and what about that thing called admin and accounts, which I absolutely hate doing. And that lays right at the bottom of my pile. Um, <laughs> so I think I might try motion and it might organize my life better for me. I It
1: sounds sort of appealing because like you, I'm a list maker. I'm a Virgo. And by all accounts, that's a, a typical Virgo trait making lists. Yes, I just have yeah, paper yeah. lists, but... I'm sometimes so busy that I forget to look at the list. So yes, um, and I still use Yeah, I still use a paper diary, which is I'm the laughing stock of everybody in this digital age. I have to say, if they say, Oh, can you do next Thursday? Oh well when I get home I'll check my paper diary. And the, the look of astonishment, a paper diary, you know, for heaven's sake, we're in the twenty first century and there's me that doing pictures <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah! Don't even go there with a file of facts. <laughs> a
0: the file effects. I still love it, but a paper diary.
1: File Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's that thing you you can write notes. You have got addresses. You have got the whole thing on there. So, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I, I'm getting into the voice memos <laughs> myself when I'm driving. So I'm I, but then I forget to listen to them, so they don't get added to my to do list. And then I, so I'm thinking motion could be the way forward. And if anyone's out there listening to this, if you've used motion, let me know. Um, I'd be interested to know if that's going to organise my life for me.
1: Well, I'd be interested to know what happens as well, Roz. So you let me know as soon as you find out. <laughs> <laughs> A bit of organisation in my life might be just what I need.
0: <laughs> nah, that's not what we do. What we do? So no, tell us absolutely. about your podcast. Tell us about your podcast. You know, give us the guest that's left you with the greatest impression.
1: Okay well um the podcast came out I used to do the interviews live on Instagram and I guess if you've done interviews live you are really putting yourself on the line because you can't <laughs> afford to mess up and nor do you want your guests I mean I've had some quite high profile guests come and chat to me live you can't mess up you can't make them look ridiculous and of course you don't want to look ridiculous yourself yeah but one of my guests um, the skinny jean gardener Lee Connolly chatted to me afterwards and said, you should do a podcast, mate. Well, I hadn't really, wasn't into podcasts. I didn't really know what they were. I'd heard the term. But anyway, long story short, I set up a podcast. Um, And I love it because like you, Roz, I love chatting. I'm very nosy. um, And I like to find out about people. I have a genuine interest to find out. And that's why you must come on mine because I need to find out more about you. (laughs) Yeah, no, you you come on. we'll, We'll have a chat as well. Um, in terms of favourite guests, Jekka um, McVicar, um mm. I tried to get her on the podcast for a long time. And going into lockdown, it almost happened, but then we had to do it remotely. Her Wi-Fi at Jekka's farm wasn't brilliant, so we had to postpone it. But I caught up with her about a year ago, went to the herb farm, and had the most wonderful chat. She's a lovely lady. We clicked. We just, from the moment we saw each other, it's like, this is going to work. Um, so she stands out. But also, um, I was invited, I was contacted by the head gardener at Wimbledon, Martin mm. Falconer. Um, he had contacted me the year before on Instagram and said, Do you fancy doing a live Instagram chat with me from the Wimbledon tennis courts? And I was like, wow, you've come to me. Yes, absolutely. And then he came back the year later and said, she fancy coming to Wimbledon to record a podcast and I'll take you around the site and tell you everything that we do. Well, that was just incredible to stand on Centre Court recording a podcast with the head gardener of Wimbledon. I mean, it was one of those pinch me moments. It, it really, really was. But it's not. It's not just about the big names, because I do plant specials. I do dahlias, roses, penstemons. I love chatting to the nursery men and women, those people who maybe don't get all of the sort of spotlight put on them because they're somewhat behind the scenes. But there's a wealth of knowledge there. They know everything about their plants. So for me, as a plantsman, to actually speak to someone who's a specialist in dahlias or roses or penstemons and say, what do I do? What am I doing wrong? How can I get the best out of? Those episodes are so popular. So yeah. I love doing it. It's, I've it's, just
0: met it's some amazing fun. people through podcasting. And like you say, it isn't yeah. the people, the celebrity people, and the people you just click with instantly could spend all day talking to. I met a guy called, I don't know if you've ever come across a guy called Michael who runs the Compost Club down in Brighton. If you haven't listened to that episode, you need to do that. Very unassuming. Very set up a social enterprise, all about taking food locally, food waste locally, turning it into compost and selling it back again. Setting up a community garden, a part of Lewis Football Club, so that footballers could get associated with gardeners and gardeners could get associated with football. Just a completely sort of social enterprise, social sort of way forward. Honestly, no. And 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 he was amazing. And people listened to his podcast. And then afterwards, um, he emailed me a couple of weeks later and said. I can't believe it. I've sold out. People are coming to me and this is amazing and I can't thank you enough. And he was the most unassuming person on the entire planet. And I just came yeah. across him on Instagram and I just thought he was definitely one of my favorites. And then my next one, I've got a girl crush. I've got a girl crush. Can I have a girl crush on Dave Goldston? So Dave Galston's <laughs> the B-man at Sussex University who talks yeah. about bees. And I could talk to him all day long. I mean, he's an academic, of course, and yeah. um, he's written millions of papers on bees and the environment and the habitats. He's so passionate about it. But I have a definite girl crush on him. I have a girl crush on Dave Goulston. If I'm allowed one, he is definitely on my list. Um, so it's I love it. I, I, I kind of think I love podcasting more than anything else, and I think maybe I'd love to have a radio show. I'd love it. I'd love to have a radio show.
1: Yeah, I think that's – I don't know what it is about podcasting and radio – um, I did a radio interview the night before last with the Bearded Growers. And there's just something about having a, just a chat. Yeah. Um, no cameras. I know we're talking to each other through cameras today, but it will be a, an audio recording. It's just something about being just chatting like we are now. I, I love it. And I thought initially I had to get the big names to get the podcast out there. But no, not at all. Yes, it's nice to have the big names and I've had the big names, but just to chat to somebody who is running a compost club or is a specialist in growing daffodils, just the best. It really
0: is. And those episodes are so popular. I I agree. I've had quite a lot of people come on and talk about mental health and gardening. So I had a PhD student who was working with RHS Wisley and also the University of Surrey come and talk about. They're doing a PhD about mental health and being in your garden, not gardening. So because there's a lot about gardening, but not so much about just sitting in your garden, because none of us really do sit in our gardens. So that was really interesting. Wow. So it's kind of like and then I spoke to a psychologist on the West Coast of America about mental health and gardening. So it's kind of like and they're not big names at all. I have found no. on Instagram, found them interesting and Kind of connect and then that's it. But, yeah, podcasting is, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's the one channel I hope I never have to charge for. It's a free channel yeah. as far as I can see at the moment. Um I, There's obviously costs involved uh, in running it with production and editing and all the rest of that because I do it weekly. Um And I've had sponsors come to me on a small, really small scale, which will just pay for the studios, and that's brilliant as far as I can see. I love it. I could do it. I'd do it every day if I could.
1: Yeah, likewise. And I. although we're doing this on computer today, I do love it when I can go out to meet somebody in their in their nursery, in their garden or at their home, just to be able to capture the sounds of their garden. Um, I did an interview recently with Erica James, who's an author, and we went to Wisley. And it was lovely. You could hear the birds in the trees. Just yeah. in the background, you could hear the hum of lawnmower And it gives it that real sense of place. So your listeners are actually sat in that garden with you to all intents and
0: purposes. I love that, yeah. I know, I know. We're both at Mad Keen Podcasts. So tell us about Chelsea. I saw you at Chelsea. I didn't go this year. Um, Lots of reasons. Um, The the podcast show in London was on at the same time. Uh, Well, that was one. So I had had split um, loyalties. And secondly, just didn't get time. I'm going to go to Hampton Court the 7th of July but I didn't do Chelsea this year but you obviously did so tell us about your Chelsea visit.
1: Well I was lucky enough to be asked by Manoj Molde the TV presenter garden designer and RHS ambassador to help him plant his Garden of Unity which was a feature garden at the show so I spent a week there before the show opened doing that um, and then I was lucky enough to be invited for press day um, and so I took my podcasting kit and had a few chats with a few people there. But yeah, um, it always makes me laugh because when Joe and Monty are sat on the top of the building doing their BBC broadcast, they invariably say within the first five minutes, it's a vintage year at Chelsea. And it sort of really was this year, I thought. I um, I love the fact that we've sort of said goodbye to those slick contemporary gardens with straight lines and Um, very clean materials, it was more natural, more organic, lovely sort of rambling gardens, a lot of weeds or wildflowers, as I think we're now sort of obliged to call them. Um, Yeah, it was lovely, a real mix of different gardens, loved a lot of the gardens there. Um, And what was nice, because I'd been there the week before, just to see these gardens come together like this incredible three-dimensional jigsaw was Yeah, it was a real pinch-me moment. It was um, an incredible opportunity and so grateful to work alongside some great people. Um, The lady who was coordinating the planting of the garden, Rosanna Porter, I'm going to give her a shout-out. She is the plant whisperer. She is just able to touch a plant and zhuzh it, and it's just incredible. It's, yeah, So to work along talents like... Her and Minaj and a wonderful team of people was amazing. Was that you or yeah, it's me? It's really I interesting. Apologize. I mean,
0: my husband, who my husband who is not a gardener in any stretch of the imagination and they're not interested in. I mean, I I do that's my domain. He was watching some television on Chelsea and he went, well, "How do they do that? How do they get all those trees in there and get them to grow at the right time and they don't die? And why well, do they plant those yeah. plots and how long does it take? You know, it's six weeks." And um, I think the, uh, thing that struck oh, was, me
1: with yeah. each, yeah, each and every single plant is placed and moved and turned. It's it's mind blowing how much work goes into every single plant and how it's placed, how it looks with others. There's a lot of standing back to look and see. Does that look okay? Or can you move it just a little bit round to the left or round to? Uh, unbelievable. The attention yeah. to detail is mind blowing.
0: Yeah, great it's, yeah, exactly. It's mind-blowing for me. Absolutely mind-blowing. But I did hear lots of wildflowers, weeds. And, now, um, and that's great because, to be honest, I have so many w- more weeds on this farm. any. And we do open farm dates and retreats here. And I'm always really embarrassed about the amount of weeds there are. And I kind of, the week before, hurry around and maybe strim a few and pull some up. And uh, it, as long as they're not killing a flower, then I kind of leave them. That's my sort of mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd spend all the resource would be weeding. And so, um, and I don't spray and I don't use pesticides and I'm very open about that. And because of that, I have more weeds yeah, than anyone knows what to do with. So, well, when people come now, I'm going to say it's just like Chelsea. I've decided that bit there <laughs> is going to look like Chelsea. And it's going to be full of dandelions and thistles and weeds and it's going to be fab. And um, You're
1: on, you're bang on target, we bang on vogue with all of that. <laughs> Right on trend. That's a phrase I'm looking for. Right on trend.
0: Yeah. I mean, how much stolch carpet and bark and I use carpet tiles as my paths. Can one person use to make sure we don't get enough weeds? But honestly, it's it's the bane of my life. And now I'm going to be more like Chelsea. So it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely acceptable. I think we do need to embrace weeds and wildflowers and it's how we manage them in our gardens. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: The small business. Do reels get you reeling? Is SEO just a three letters put together? Content planning something you know you should be doing, but just never get around to it. Do join our growth club online. What is it? It's a supportive community. It's all about growing your business. It provides trainings and guest speakers join us every month. Is it time to work on your business and not in it? The link for more information is in the show notes. Yeah, well, one of my beds, this will make you laugh. One of my beds, probably about 20 metres of it, is full of grass because the grass seeds have come from somewhere. But they're very beautiful grasses, but they are grasses. And I looked at it the other day and I thought, I think I'll make that the rewilding area. Because there's no way I'm picking all that out. and Anyway, it wouldn't work. So from here onwards is the wild area. So it's fine.
1: Sounds good to me. Yeah. And you've got to manage a garden according to the time that you've got. And in yeah. your busy schedule to be able to do that. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's madness. So who's inspired you to do all this? You're gardening mad. You did RHS 1, 2 and 3, which I have to say is impressive. That RHS 3 is impressive um you know the team i've got working here have gone through 1 2 and one of them's just about to finish 3 it's tough it's not like it's not one exam and you're now qualified it's millions no, of it's things not. yeah
1: really. there's there's quite a lot and i think um when i first started when i started rhs 1 i did think my goodness me there's a lot to learn will i remember it having not been in that environment as i said earlier um, but with a with real passion for it, the learning came easily. And in fact, because it was quite a distance, from, I'm based in Bournemouth and Dorchester is probably about 40, 50 minutes away. There were yeah. some nights, particularly in the winter, when it wasn't feasible for me to get there. So I sort of went down the self-study route with it as well. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, I'm so glad I did it, Ros, because the wealth of knowledge that I have up here, um and it's great because when you're looking at plants in the garden and things aren't working well, you know where to actually, it's like, like learning how to be a mechanic. You know what yeah. to look for. You start to dig the plant up, look at the roots, look at the soil. So, yeah, an invaluable thing for anybody out there who wants to learn more. The RHS courses are a oh, great phenomenal. point. To actually.
0: Yeah, but you've yeah. got to know and how they to hard they work. are. They are tough. I mean, one fine, two, yeah, quite a lot of work. Three is another league.
1: Yeah, it sure. was. Um it was it was about a hundred years ago, but it's it's a massive undertaking, but you don't have to do all three. I was no. just on a bit of a roll with it and I thought, right, I'm I'm going for it. And and I did. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but as to who's inspired me, um, I, I've got to blame my parents, who were very, very keen gardeners. Um, right from the word go, when I was again in this garden at home, we had roses everywhere in the garden. This one particular rose. It was Rosa Superstar, uh, which is dreadful for black spots. Um, I've got it in my own garden as a, as a tribute and a memory to my parents. Um, but yeah, I remember as a young child going out to the New Forest to do what we used to call horse mucking. And horse mucking is going out to collect horse manure to put back to compost and then put onto the roses. Um, so it was there from a really, really
0: early age. So yeah, my mum and dad. Come back round again. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, where it comes from? So I know you read a lot because I've seen on your Instagram <laughs> and I've seen in your on your is it Substack or something like that? Yeah, Substack. Make the garden a Substack. Like, Substack. Yeah. Lots and lots of gardening books I've seen. So which ones would you take to a desert island? Then well,
1: there's no question about this one. Um, I've always been a fan of Carol Klein. And um her book, Life in a Cottage Garden, is there's just something about that book. And because we all know Carol, you can actually hear her re- as you're reading. You can hear yeah. her voice read out the words. It's a year in her garden. Um, I've always been a massive fan of Carol and her garden and her planting. Um, And in fact, I was lucky enough to work with Carol for a year and a half in wow. Glebe Cottage. Um, So to be able to, I actually took that book to her and said, look, can you sign my book? Um, So Life in a Cottage Garden is book number one. And just a quick sneaky second, Right Plant, Right Place by Roy Lancaster. Yeah. Any aspiring gardeners out there, if you are struggling to know what to plant, that book, Right Plant, Right Place, that's what it's all about. If you put the right plant in the right place, if you've got stony soil, then look for plants that thrive in stony soil. Um, it's a Bible. It's just the very best book. So those two. When
0: I haven't got. I've just written it down. I'm just staring, looking <laughs> at my my bookcase, thinking, is it possible to get another book on that bookcase? I'm a bit of a book fan too, absolute book fan. Um, I might so take the exciting got, video God? gardening by the RHS, and then I could learn every single plant, because I'd be on my desert island yeah. learning every single plant that ever existed. But I don't know if you'd ever do that in your life, but um, yeah.
1: How many books do you reckon you've got there, Ros? 300? Is
0: that a lot? I'm in the hundreds. I don't think so. I think
1: that's perfectly acceptable. I think there's probably room for a few more, Ros.
0: I think, well, I've just written one, Right Garden, Right Place.
1: (laughs) It's a good one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got Gardeners. (laughs) Gardener's Garden. I've got a peony book, Your Wellbeing Garden, written by the RHS. I've got plants and flowers, edible mushrooms. There you go. I've got a chemistry book. I think I won that when I was at school. Um, every single <laughs> edition of Gardener's World, because I always look back year on year. You can look at what happened last April. Willow books. Yeah. I've got quite a few Sarah Raven books. I've got quite a few Florette Farmer books, because obviously, US based. I've got oh I've got quite a lot about making money as flower farmers so profit first and all of those kind of profit books because unfortunately flower farmers are not very good at making money and And I think that's maybe
1: across the board sort of like so many of us have a real passion or a knowledge for a particular area Um, and I think The the lucky people are those who have that knowledge of a specialist subject, but also have the skills to be able to market the business and to do the business side of things. Um, And sometimes the two don't always go hand in hand. And there are some incredibly knowledgeable, knowledgeable, skilled people out there who unfortunately don't have the business acumen to go with it to actually put them in the right place at the right time, which is a shame.
0: Yeah. I mean, my my background is I was a marketing director. So my background should be, and turning businesses around and going as into a marketing director. So my background's in marketing, and I also run a digital agency for 15 years. So I should uh, yeah. should be able to uh, have business sales and marketing, for sure. But that's really yeah. rare. I don't know many people globally who would go into flower farming from a position of being a marketing director. So it, I know it's a real... I'm, I'm really grateful for that you know i lack other inform- you know knowledge that i should have but it's mm-hmm. kind of like i mean i attack it from a sales and marketing point of view
1: i think we you just make the most of the skills that you have and do the very best that you can and, that, and like you yeah. come from a business background um I have some idea of how to market myself and to do the business side of things. And of course, running your own business, as you say, it's always the last thing you want to do. But the invoicing, the books, the accounts, yeah. you have to do it. It might not be the most in- enjoyable part of the job, uh, but it's there to be done. You, you have to do that. It's a given. I hate so, it. I hate
0: it. Yeah, I have those... a little lady work for me. She's not little at all, but I don't know why I said little lady. You know, have a lady that works for me. Um, and she's called the Bean Counter. And she comes and counts the beans. <laughs> and that's as far as i had, It's a great name for an accountant, isn't it? The bean counter. But I, yeah. I just don't want to do it. I, my to-do list. You know, they always say you should eat the frog first. So you to, should to write a to-do list. And the bit you really don't want to do is the bit you should do first.
1: Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's, there's a lot of truth in that, really. Yeah. We, we both know. We, we both <laughs> probably don't do it, but we both know.
0: I definitely don't. I, have, I had a student on one of my business courses. And she finished the course in February and she got some grant from the Welsh government because she was made redundant to do the course. And I have to fill in numerous amounts of paperwork to send to the Welsh government. And I have been meaning to do this since the end of February. And we are now in nearly June. So at the top of yeah. my list today is to do the paperwork. And you must hold me accountable if I've actually done the paperwork. Because it's ridiculous because I can't get paid till I've done the paperwork. But well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. is it? Yeah, it's a bit like, oh really.
1: It is hard going. You have to be very methodical, very organised. Um, keep clear records. Try and do it regularly and often. Um, like you, it's sort of like if you don't keep on top of it, and then you've got to backtrack over two weeks, three weeks worth. It's like, God, you know, I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone three weeks ago. It's um, you, you've got to be very careful. You've got to be very organised.
0: Yeah, I think I know where my failings are, that's for sure. So any plans? What's next? You've obviously got a really successful podcast. You're doing really well on Instagram. What next? More writing? Want to write a book? Mike, what do you want to do?
1: Well, yeah, the, the writing, having sort of got back into the writing, I love writing. And what I love to do is I love to write about gardening, of course, but I like to put a little bit of humour in it as well. And I think the one thing I learned as a training manager is you need to get the people who are your audience to enjoy that experience. So for me, I mean, I'm no comedian, but I, I think I like to think I've got a good sense of humor. So um, more writing. I'd love to do a book. I really would. Um, a book about gardening, again, with that sort of touch of humor in somehow. Um, the podcast, love doing the podcast, as we have both said, that will definitely not stop. Um, and I'm really enjoying I've, I've sort of finally got into doing reels on Instagram and probably about three months ago. And I thought I'm going to try these reels. The day after, literally, Instagram put this statement out that they weren't focusing on reels. Oh the, wow. the and it's like, as always, a story of my life late to the party. But do you know what? Um, they've done really well for me. And in fact, um, I did a reel shortly after I thought I'm going to get into these on daffodil foliage. Don't cut your daffodil foliage back too soon. Don't tie it up. Don't knot it. And it went viral. It's had over a million views wow. on Instagram. And wow. people were contacting me saying, you've gone viral. And it's like, what? And yeah, this this one reel that's, I don't know, 25 seconds worth, over a million views. Um, just incredible and it was nothing, I didn't think, wow, this is something pretty special I've done here. It was just one of those this this do something on daffodil foliage. Isn't it?
0: So yeah, so we we don't know same,
1: more writing.
0: About. Yeah, no, more writing, more
1: Yeah, uh more podcasting and more time, more time in my own garden because I love, I mean, ultimately what we do is about gardening and our plants. And I'm a real, real plant addict. I love it. So some more time
0: yeah. outside
1: in my own place.
0: Yeah, Definitely. That's, if, that's, I, that's if, I'm, if I'm sat here going accounts, admin, or filling in that paperwork for the Welsh Government, or going outside, it tends to win. And that's What are you going to
1: choose? What are you, you going to choose?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know by the end of today. So You don't need to. I know really-
1: already, you're- i know already
0: you know already what's gonna happen tell us something that people wouldn't know about you so Um, we know you're good on instagram we know you're good at writing we know you're good at podcasting we know you love gardening
1: i was on the weakest link oh many many years ago i was on the weakest link um so i did that um i was a tv extra Again, a hundred years ago, um, a, a very long story. But I became a TV extra and I did a, a few sort of productions, and I met my my absolute number one superstar, Debbie Harry of Blondie. Um, I I'd done a portrait of her, which I took to a concert, and uh, I handed it I handed it to some guy who was managing this event and sort of said, "Look, it's the only chance you could get her to sign this picture." And he snatched it out of my hand and said, no, probably not, but I'll see. Well, he came back five minutes later without the picture and said, she wants to meet you. Um, And so, yeah, I met Debbie Harry. I mean, wow. (laughs) My mum, my mum thought she was absolutely dreadful. She like that that horrendous harlotan Debbie Harry. Uh, But when I phoned my mum to say that I'd met her, she was in tears on the phone. So that was a special moment. so much a
0: harlotan, yeah.
1: <laughs> not so much. No, she used to see her in her videos, you know, sort of being Debbie Harry, and it's um, so like, goodness me, what's the attraction there? Um, and there wasn't so we're a real around attraction. The same
0: I age, I think, Mike. We're obviously around the same age.
1: <laughs> yeah, but let's not mention the year.
0: No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, quick fire round: What's your favourite pastime other than gardening?
1: Um, <laughs> food and socialising yeah I I love I love going out for a a nice meal with good friends I think that really um my partner Peter and I have got a small group of friends but we love them dearly so to go out for a meal or do a barbecue we had a barbecue here at the weekend and just to enjoy life and enjoy well here at the moment we've got beautiful weather it's been absolutely gorgeous so we had a barbecue
0: yeah absolutely I'm I'm with you on this one and if you won the lottery what would you do next Stay with us. We'll be right back. The new Plants of Distinction Autumn Catalogue is now available and contains over a thousand different flower and vegetable seeds with over 150 new and exciting varieties added this year alone. Cut flowers in an extensive array of individual colors are a speciality and added to this are many unusual annual and perennial seeds together with the hard to find heritage favorites. So if you're looking for something a little different, be it choice cutting flowers suitable for both fresh and dried arrangements or cottage garden and container growing varieties, you need look no further. You can download or request a copy of the new autumn catalogue by visiting the website plantsofdistinction.co.uk where an exclusive 30% discount is available to all podcast listeners when ordering seeds by using the discount code Cut
1: flower thirty. Um, <laughs> ask for an inquiry because I don't do the lottery. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I'd obviously <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um all, all joking aside, I would take the money. Um I love where I live. I love my garden. I love everything. But I sort of, I've got this hankering to have a cottage with a lovely countryside view, with a glimpse of the sea in the background. I'm not asking much, but, and to be able to create uh, another beautiful garden, that would be, that's what I would do.
0: So when you've got a few million, you'll do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) for the time time being and for the foreseeable, I'll be here.
0: (laughs) You're not that far from the sea. So what did you want no, to do as a I'm child? No, actually, I'm not. What <laughs> did you want to do as a child, your dream job? I wanted to be a doctor, but I wasn't clever enough. So I did a degree, wait for this, in environmental chemistry, which way back nobody even knew what the environment was. I think that was my beginning of the environment. But so what did you want to do as a dream job?
1: Well, very similarly to you, I wanted to be, I didn't want to be a doctor, I wanted to be a dentist. Um, but then having got through, having been to the dentist for too many visits and too painful, I decided that wasn't for me, but I quite (laughs) liked the big swanky car that my dentist drove. I thought, oh, he's obviously doing a good job there. Um, then I wanted to be an actor.
0: Ooh, okay. And I did, in
1: fact, I auditioned to go to drama college. Um, I wasn't successful with that, but then I did the, the TV work as an extra. I did some theater work. So, yeah, I sort of hankered to be an actor. Uh, and then an I grew actor. up and became a training manager and then obviously a gardener.
0: It's, I think yeah. the one lesson in all of that is that you can be everything, can't you? Because they say yeah. nowadays that children are going to have nine careers. And that doesn't mean nine different jobs. That means nine completely different things they're going to do. So is that You know, I've met people that I've trained that were doctors and ethicists, and then they've thrown it all in because the stress is too much and they've taken up being a flower farmer. And before that, then they're going to do some teaching. And then, as well as that, they're going to do some counseling. And, you know, you don't have to be. I mean, my career as a marketing director, my career started in travel as an overseas rep. Can you believe that working for 18 to 30s on some Greek island? So you could, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast.
1: Absolutely. Well, I was in the travel industry on the other side. I was a travel consultant, sending people on the wow. club 1830 holidays. But absolute respect to you for that one, Roz, because that's a that's a tough gig.
0: I was a good Goodness salesman me. or saleswoman. I was good. I made a lot right. of money. I made more money then than I've ever made since. And so it yeah. was very profitable. I bought my first house, put it that way. So uh, I was a rep, yeah. And then after a rep, I worked in the conference centre, travel industry, traveling all over the world with executives to everywhere, every single country in the world, which was brilliant. And then I set up my own digital – oh, turn off. Set up my own digital agency, and then I worked as a marketing director, and then I worked as a flower farmer, and I don't know what's going to come next. Who knows?
1: But that's quite nice, isn't it? I, I like yeah. that sort of like – yeah, opportunities come our way in life, and it's nice to be able to just say yes. I'm going to give that a go and see what it does. See, see where it takes me. Um, and that's yeah. what's happened to me in recent years. I've been given lots of opportunities, and it's just been nice to say yeah, I'm going to give that yeah. a go.
0: And that's what I would say to everybody: that just you know, just give something a go. If that if you're doing a job you don't love, don't do it. You know, life mm. is too short. I've met so many people, certainly during COVID. I met, you know, a a chief pharmacist who was working, had 2,000 people working for them, had a breakdown and then took up gardening as now a flower farmer, which is why I know her. But the thing about it was that actually she hated her life, absolutely hated her life. Go and do something completely different because it's too short. We're not here long enough to worry about it.
1: I, I agree, Roz. I think when I was in the office, yes, I had a very good job. I was very well paid, but I wasn't happy. I didn't enjoy the job. You spend a lot of time at work. Yes, jumping into gardening, garden maintenance, garden design, my salary definitely dropped. It's not on a par with what I was earning. But you have your happiness, which is, as you say, life is too short. Happiness in life. Yes, you have to be able to put food on the table, pay the bills. But if you can do that in another way that gives you a step closer to being happiness in your your life and what you do, then goodness me, embrace it because it was the best thing I ever did.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, I was running the flower farm alongside a full time career for quite a while because I was transitioning as they say because you can I wasn't going to be able to make enough money flower farming as I did as a marketing director, you can imagine, so I transitioned mm. by giving up a day, giving up another day, giving up another day well all I yeah. said I work five days I thought this has to be as profitable um and and it is because I've built the business the way I want it to be, and I'm fortunate that i can I know a lot about marketing and sales, so I can build the business to be as actually it's more successful than being a marketing director now but it's taking time you have to you have to yeah, transition yeah. into that and you have to work and I work harder than I've ever worked in my entire life
1: yeah i think people who assume that working for yourself is an easy gig it's definitely not because if you're going to make that gig work as you say you work long hours you work long hours and then you've got to come home and do the books the accounts the paperwork uh, the research or whatever so yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not easy. I think people think think that working for yourself is so easy because you're in charge, and I always used to view it that yes, I was in charge to a certain degree, but every single one of my clients was also in charge of me to a degree. So yeah, yeah. Um, if you think that it's an easy option, it's definitely not an easy option.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, I run a, a membership called the Best Bunch Couple Hour Membership, and it has two hundred and seventy members. And I they are my customers. And they, we have a Facebook group that they ask any question they could possibly want to answer. And it's my job to answer it along with my team. So that's 24 seven, seven days a week. It's like Sunday afternoon. If they want to know how to do the Chelsea chop, you go and I'll, I'll do it on Monday. Um, I yeah. always do that. And then I run a number of different courses, which I'm at Beck and call to answer the questions. I do lots of evening seminars, lots of work, so I need to prepare for them. I love it. I don't think, people say to me and, and people who work with me say, do you ever stop? That's mostly what people say. Do you ever stop, Ros? And I go, yeah. no, I don't stop because I love it. If I stopped, it's because I wouldn't love it anymore. Absolutely wouldn't love
1: it. Anymore. Yeah. I, I endorse all of that, but that sounds very familiar. You, if you're on the go all the time and people say you just, you just need to take a breather, but I do love it. And as long as I love it, I will continue doing it.
0: Okay. Brilliant. Lovely. Well, Mike, it's lovely to have you. And I can't wait to be on your podcast. And like, I could go on all day. We could, we could go back to 1830 days and I could give you some real stories, but we'll take that off air. Um, but well, it was. really gives you my age. <laughs> so well,
1: <laughs> I uh I remember the brochures. There was a I'm sure there was a tour company called um Hugo Tours or something. So that was in it the days when I was a travel agent. Yeah. So um yeah, when, when we come to do the podcast, we might just have to touch on that, Roz, because I think there could be a few oh, stories I tell there. The
0: stories. I've got a little Hugo <laughs> Tours man, his little man I was given by Hugo Tours, and I've still got it. So I could show you my Hugo Tours man. <laughs> he's a model man, he's not <laughs> a real to- man, obviously he doesn't live in my house. He's just a model man.
1: <laughs> I need to get my paper diary out and get a date to you so we can actually start recording this podcast. That would be that will be great. I think the two of us, we could probably do a week's worth of podcast, just the two of us chatting. I know, I
0: know, we definitely could. <laughs> I definitely could. Mike, thank you Absolutely. very much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And next my is next well. on my list is my list of perennials have just arrived in the drive because I'm a great believer you need to add loads of perennials into a cut flower farm. So I'll keep you posted on that one. It wasn't a oh, to do
1: it. Yeah, and don't forget you've got your accounts and paperwork to do, Ros.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> thank you. Hold me accountable for that, Mike, and I might just do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ros, for having me on. Thank it's been you. a pleasure.
0: Take care. Bye
1: for now. Bye-bye.
0: I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at thecutflowercollective.co.uk. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business, And our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.